The Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America represents the nation's leading biopharmaceutical research companies. We are proud to work with universities, research centers, and other innovators to develop new medicines that help patients live longer, healthier lives. To learn more, visit phrma.org. You're listening to Autumn on the Air, the weekly podcast that brings you conversations about the impact of research commercialization and the people who make it happen. Join us for interviews with patent and licensing professionals, innovators, entrepreneurs, and tech transfer leaders on the issues and trends that matter most. Keep listening for an inside track on the people, IP policies, and politics changing our world. Welcome back to another episode of Autumn on the Air. In our previous episode, we delved into advocating with state and local governments. Today, we are shifting our focus to the grand stage of federal government relations. Joining us once again is the esteemed Mike Waring, Autumn's Advocacy and Alliances Coordinator. Mike is president slash CEO of Waring Federal Strategies, a D.C.-based consulting firm. He has been active with Autumn for nearly 20 years, having previously served as Assistant Vice President of Advocacy and more recently, Cabinet Chair of the Advocacy and Alliances Portfolio. Thanks again, Mike, for joining me to continue our conversation about advocacy for tech transfer. Last week, we examined this topic at the state and local level, and today I want to dive into the federal landscape, which there is a tremendous amount to talk about. So let's go ahead and get started. So to kick things off, Mike, I wanted to ask you for tech transfer offices aiming to advocate at the federal government level, what initial steps should they take to understand the intricacies of engaging with federal agencies? Well, first of all, Lisa, thanks for inviting me back again this week. I look forward to our conversation as always. Uh, I'll start with the same thing I said before, which is uh, the first thing you need to do is make sure you have a really good relationship with your federal relations team on your campus, the people that represent you in Washington. Whether they work in Washington or they work on campus, they're the people who are charged with having good relationships for your university or your institution with members of Congress. They also can be helpful with agencies as well. So that's really important. So and even the White House. So you really want to get to know those people. If you don't have a relationship with them, please sit down with them soon and create one because we're going to need those relationships. We have a lot of issues in front of us. Uh, they're your connection to Washington and the federal government. And they've been through all these things before in one form or fashion. They have the entire university's uh, list of issues in front of them. And it's a big issue. It's a big list. It's research funding. It's, it's research uh, oversight. It's tax law. It's all kinds of things. It's athletics laws. It's all kinds of things that they deal with on a daily basis. And what you're going to try to do by having a relationship with your federal relations team is to make sure that when there are issues that you need them to carry to Washington, they're going to add that to their list of other things that they're already working on. So hopefully they will spend some of their time on the issues that you and Autumn care about, as well as the things that the broader university cares about. So they can be very helpful. And I would really make sure that you have that strong relationship with them, that you're providing them information on a regular basis and that you know them well, and that so when you contact them, they know who you are, they know what your issues are, and uh, they can then help you deal with the intricacies of engaging with the federal government, particularly with Congress. Agencies are a little trickier 
most of the interaction that we have with agencies is through rulemakings, is through conversations that our associations in Washington have with them. Um, so, but again, that's an opportunity for the universities, and we'll talk about that, particularly with one big rulemaking coming up here. Oh, yes. Uh, to be very engaged in the in the policy aspects, which have a really direct effect on the kind of things we can or can't do in the future on tech transfer. So that's really important. And again, your federal relations team is the link to making those relationships and that understanding uh, possible. Yeah, let's keep on this theme of relationships with congressional representatives because it's crucial. Can you share some practical strategies for tech transfer professionals in terms of initiating and building relationships with Congress and effectively communicating the importance of tech transfer? I mean, you've mentioned this a little bit, but I think for offices who maybe have no relationships, how can they get started? Yeah, so the job of the federal relations team is to have those relationships. So you want to be able to use those relationships to advance your agenda. So you're going to go to your federal relations people first and you're going to say, hey, there's this big issue in Washington and I need you to help me work on this. And here's why this is so important. And here are some examples of how this is a good thing or a bad thing for our university. And here's some data points. And here are some people that could also help us on this. What can I do to help you become an advocate for our issues when you're in Washington talking to people in our delegation? Uh, so that's really important. Uh, if you don't do that, if you just try to create relationships on your own, it's sort of like going to court without having an attorney. I mean, those people have expertise that you want to tap into. So make sure you're doing that. And then they may invite you then to become part of the communications link, which is really when you've really made a good connection. They'll say, hey, why don't the two of us, let's get on the phone with so-and-so and Senator so-and-so's office and have a conversation about these issues and or do a Zoom or have you actually come to Washington and talk to the people about these issues. So you want to be a resource on data and examples that you can use to make the case for tech transfer in Washington. So whatever you can provide in terms of that information, plus a willingness to be involved, to work with your federal relations people, that's really the key to making this all go smoothly. Now, I want to talk a little bit about federal policies because they can shape the environment for tech transfer so what strategies can tech transfer offices employ not only to stay informed about these policies, but actively contribute to shaping policies that support and advance tech transfer goals? That's a great question, Lisa. And let me talk about that. So one of the reasons that people belong to Autumn is that Autumn is a great resource of information about th those sorts of issues. Uh, it's one of the benefits of being an Autumn member is you're getting a regular update on things that are happening in Washington that affect the tech transfer profession. So that's why you have people there working on those issues. Uh, I work with Steve Sasalka and the board on these issues in Washington. You get If you're an Autumn member, you're getting regular updates from Steve and also from the board on a lot of these issues. I write a monthly column for Insight where I talk about some of these issues in depth. In fact, my January column will be about one of the things we're going to talk about, this NIST request for information. Uh, I would encourage you also, I would encourage tech trans people also to be uh, active looking at other kinds of media, uh, things like IP Watchdog, things like the Bayh-Dole Coalition, uh, anything that's put out for public on talking about key issues in front of Congress. Um, in addition, your federal relations people are, are members of either or, or sometimes both, AAU and APLU. Those are the two big national associations that represent presidents of universities. And they cover the waterfront on all kinds of issues. But among those issues is this set of issues, tech transfer, 
IP, that sort of thing. So those folks are also sharing information with your federal relations people on a regular basis. And if some issue bubbles up that needs that the associations believe needs their attention, they'll hear from it. So if you're communicating up up to your federal relations people from the campus about a concern and the associations are communicating from the top down, now you've got the federal relations people activated and they'll say, hey, we need to They'll go to the vice president of research. They'll go to the president and say, hey, we need to send a letter. We need, to, we need to communicate with our delegation about something. That's how you activate people. So by being sort of a prod in a nice way, sharing information, sharing information you get from Autumn or from other places, and, and, and encouraging your federal relations people to put these issues on their plate, the more success we will have in getting the universities then to actually take action uh, and add these issues to the other things they're already working on. Now let's turn to securing federal funding because that's always a top priority for tech transfer offices. Walk us through the process. How should tech transfer professionals strategically approach accessing federal grants and funding opportunities for research and innovation? Well, again, this is an activity you want to coordinate with your university because the university is doing a lot of things on its own on a broad scale on lots of other funding opportunities. You know, our faculty are out there applying for grants, research grants from dozens of agencies. The university may have its own uh, parochial kinds of requests that they may be trying to get through earmarked appropriations. Uh, so you wanna make sure that if, if you're gonna try to go after grants that you're coordinating that with your vice president of research or somebody in their executive office and as well as uh, your federal relations people. Now, when Congress passed the Chips and Science Act a few years ago, we actually got for the first time, and Autumn can take the credit for this, actually got into that legislation an authorization that created an opportunity for NSF, the National Science Foundation, to actually provide direct grants to tech transfer offices from the federal government. This is the first time that's ever happened. And the notion that it was, and the notion was, there are some uh, tech transfer offices who if they had a little extra help, they could do a better job of getting more bang for their buck when they try to take their research out in the commercial sector. Maybe they have a small office. Maybe they need more training. Maybe they need some help paying for their fees for the patents that they've created. All those sorts of things. So NSF did create this new pro uh, program. Uh, it's, it's the ART program, Accelerating Research Translations. And that sort of thing is really helpful. I know that they gave out the first tranche of, of grants earlier this year. There's going to be another round, I believe, this coming year. Uh, now, we're waiting to see what the funding is going to be for NSF for fiscal 24. Now, the fiscal year started October 1st. And, of course, you've heard lots of discussion in the media about a government temporary funding through January or February on the government that can't agree on, on what they're going to spend the money on. And, and there's a fight between the parties about how much to spend and what are their priorities. That's been going on for decades. It will always be there. But hopefully... NSF will continue to get a sufficient budget that will be able to continue to fund those grants in 2024, and that's that was very helpful. There's also money at the Department of Commerce, and I'm sure university. I know universities are working on that. That directly relates to the, to the chip industry and to other kinds of regional kinds of economic development, broader than just tech transfer. But there may may be opportunities there through regional tech hubs and things like that. Again, coordinating with people who are in charge of making these decisions on your campus and trying to get opportunities for the tech transfer office to participate in some of those. That's kind of an internal communication that you wanna to do to make sure you're getting your 
you're getting your your hand is being raised. Hey, we'd like to participate in that. Here's how we would use that money. That's very helpful. But again, you want to make sure that the the government relations people and your VPR are are in the loop on this and supportive of your efforts to try to find funding through these various ways. Well, Mike, I wanted to turn and ask you, I know you've been very, very busy. You're never bored. And there are a lot of really important issues that you and Autumn are both working on at the federal level. Can you share some of those with us? And and you alluded to the December 8th, 2023 NIST request for information regarding some potential changes in the administration of uh, March and Right. So why don't you go ahead and start off by talking about that one? Because that's a really big issue. It is very, very, very big. I, I highlight. I'm going to highlight three or four things that are going on right now that I think would be of of primary interest to our tech transfer audience here, and that's certainly the first one. is very important. Uh, you know, we've we've been waiting all year for NIST to come out. Uh, you know, earlier this year they came out and denied an ex- uh, marching request uh, yet again on the Extandi drug out of UCLA saying that they were not going to march in. But they said, we will have at some point a public discussion about this issue. And so now we're having that public discussion. And it launched with this uh, this announcement here a few weeks ago. And this is really a huge problem because they're focusing on this as a solution to drug pricing. They see this as a way to sort of tamp down on what they think are unreasonable drug prices. But the problem is, is that A, it won't do that, and B, it affects every invention. And so this is now a new way to have um, shenanigans with anybody's invention that could be challenged by somebody who says, I could do a better job of, of exploiting that invention than somebody else can. And all of a sudden, you're going to tie up all this innovation into a big problem. Autumn is going to be filing comments. All five of the higher ed associations that work in this space, AAU, APLU, COGR, which many of you work with, the medical colleges and Autumn, all five, we work together. We're going to have joint comments. Each group's going to have its own comments, but we're also going to encourage individual universities to comment. And there'll be a lot of discussion about that through the federal relations people are going to get a whole earful about that in the next few weeks. And they're going to be looking to you for help in in putting together what ought to be the comments that your university or institution might want to make on this. Uh, Autumn will be providing some talking points here in the next few weeks that you can cobble from, but you can also add your own uh, picture from your own uh, your own state, your own examples from your own campus of things that have happened. It's really important that we have lots and lots of people commenting about the very this, this is a real problem. This should not be happening. They should not be changing the interpretation of March in. It's very clear in the law. There are very few exceptions for this. And sort of waving a magic wand to think this is going to solve uh, drug prices is not the solution to the problem. And so we really need to make sure they understand that loud and clear. That's issue one. And I hope that all the folks listening to this will be talking on their campus about what is our campus going to say about this, because this could really be problematic for us. The next issue that's coming up that I want to talk about is in the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, there's been some legislation that we actually like called the Prevail Act. Uh, there may be a markup in the the beginning of 2024 in the committee. Uh, Autumn has already endorsed this legislation. You know, we know about all the problems at the patent office with PTAB, with these inter-parties reviews, and, and how they're misinterpreted, and how they're throwing out lots and lots of people's patents. And it's become a second bite at the apple. In addition to going to court, people are being attacked. And this has to stop. 
And so our real strong allies in the Senate, Senators uh, Chris Coons of Delaware and Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina, one a Democrat, one a Republican, the two leaders of that subcommittee on IP issues are working together with us and other groups to try to fix this problem. They've drafted some legislation. They had a hearing about it in November. There were a lot of there was a lot of give and take on the issue. They're going to come back hopefully in the new year and uh, they will try to mark up this legislation. And even if we don't get everything we want out of this bill, it's a great it's a it's a it's a statement that there needs to be change at the PTO about how this process works because it's not fair to patent holders. Yeah, it's been a patent killer. It has. And so and it needs to stop. And so it deals with things like who has standing and also about about repeated attacks on the same patent from Darius kind of groups. We need to stop that because if people don't have the ability to use their patent, the patent becomes worthless. So we need to we need to work on that. And so if you have a senator on the Judiciary Committee, uh, that will be very important that your university may will, will be asked to weigh in on that and urge that senator to vote yes when this bill comes up for a vote, maybe hopefully in the next few weeks. Uh, we have a tax issue we're working on. You know, many of you do SBIR, STTRs uh, in your uh, area at your university. Those are funds to help directly help a, a business uh, sort of spin off some technology from uh, the federal government. And there's a, but there's a Section 174 problem that deals with this interpretation of that. And it's actually it's being interpreted by the IRS to say that these entities ought to be paying tax on their money, which I is don't understand that. It's just odd to me. It's very crazy. So anyway, there's a large small business coalition uh, that's urging Congress to fix the problem right away. Autumn is part of that coalition. There's been a lot of communication. There's been letters. There's been a lot of pressure to try to get the uh, the committees, the House Ways and Means Committee, the Senate Finance Committee, to work on a bill to kind of get this done and let's fix this problem and get this off the plate. This is causing all kinds of problems for our SBIR friends. And so we want to try to get that done. And I'm hopeful that we'll be able to make some progress here in the next uh, near, near near future on that. And finally, there's another bill kicking around that will soon be two bills, I believe, and the Senate's going to also introduce this, that's going to tell GAO, the Government Accountability Office, let's do a study of what's going on with the tech transfer business and how the federal government oversees that. There are a lot of issues that we think that there are there between us and NIST and other agencies about how they oversee tech transfer. Things like uh, domestic manufacturing waivers, which are impossible to get and take forever to get, and agencies blow people off. We need to fix that problem. Let's get GAO in there to do an unbiased report and come back to Congress and say, this is these are some problems that you, Congress, ought to fix. And let's tell these agencies how they ought to be running their affairs. And we think that's got a real upside to us. We're very supportive. Autumn's very supportive of this legislation. It's, it was already introduced in the House. It'll soon be introduced in the Senate, and it will give GAO the authority then to go out and do this research and hopefully in a year or so come back with a really strong report that says these are the problems, these are some solutions, let's see if we can mobilize around that and try to solve some of these problems to make tech transfer work better with the federal government. So those are just three or four of the top issues right now. But that one with NIST is really important. And I urge everybody on this, everybody on this podcast should be talking to their federal relations people, their vice president of research, the people in their legal office and saying, we need to make comments on this. I'll help work on that. I'll give you examples. Let's figure out what we got to say and let's say something and get that in by the deadline. Yeah, price should not be a consideration in marching rights. It's just, it's just ridiculous. So Mike, given all these issues you are working on, talk to us about the role industry partnerships play. How can tech transfer offices leverage collaborations with industry partners to enhance their advocacy efforts at the federal level? And what advantages do these private sector partnerships bring? 
Well, they're very they're very important, Lisa. You know, Congress loves to see the government and industry work together. So if you can talk about uh, private pu- public partnerships, that's great. That's that makes a lot of hay with a lot of members of Congress, which is great. You know, in 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 Washington here, uh, Autumn uh, is very active with a lot of coalitions here in Washington uh, that are pro patent. We have a weekly calls. We work with a lot of other allied groups on these issues that have nothing to do with tech transfer, but they have they care about these issues and they have similar feelings. So we all work together to have events to do lobbying and that sort of thing. That's really important. So that's kind of one example of that. At your level, the tech transfer offices, uh, again, they're already involved with industry partners there in their region. They're, they're, they're doing deals with industry partners. They're creating new industry partners with their startups. And of course, some of these partners have their own political agenda, but there may be ways to work together to try to advocate for these broader concerns. And I would I would think that that would be something that the tech transfer office could really be helpful with in terms of going to the federal relations people and saying, hey, you know, we just did a big deal with Corporation X. Maybe they'd be willing to help us weigh in against this bad idea or help us support this good idea. So again, working with the federal relations people is really helpful. You don't want to get uh, caught uh, in somebody else's agenda. You don't want your agenda to be taken over by somebody from the outside, but these are really very helpful. And so looking for those, looking at the people you know, and working together with the federal relations people to reach out to those people and say, hey, we've got some issues that ought to be in your interest as well as our interest. Let's see if we can work together and maybe we can do joint advocacy through a letter or through meetings or Zoom calls, whatever it is, to sort of impress upon people in Washington the importance of these issues that will serve both our purposes. So, Mike, I wanted to ask you, how can tech transfer offices collaborate with other institutions or organizations to amplify their collective voice when advocating at the federal level? Right. Well, as I mentioned, Autumn works together with lots of groups in Washington, uh, all kinds of stripes, uh, higher ed groups, non-higher ed groups, pro-patent groups, uh, people on tax issues, whatever it is, whoever we can partner with to amplify our voice in Washington. That's what we want to do. Washington is full of coalitions. And they may only be a coalitions on one particular issue, but that's okay because then you can get your voice raised and you can have a seat at the table when these issues come down to be negotiated and talked about. So Autumn is certainly doing that. At the local level, there are a lot of efforts that go on with various kinds of groups in your own state, associations. You know, I talked last week in in the last um, podcast about working with uh, people like Chambers of Commerce state economic development groups. Those can certainly be really important people. I can speak from my own experience working at the University of Michigan for 20 years. Uh, a number of years ago, a, a a collaboration was created between the University of Michigan, Michigan State, and Wayne State. Those are the three big research universities in the state of Michigan. And they created what they call the University Research Corridor. And the idea was to set those three institutions apart in the minds of policymakers to say, these are the big engines for our state, and let's see what we can do to make them even more powerful, more effective, and have that reach all across the state with benefits for all the people of Michigan. It's been a very good strategy, I think. Other states have done similar kinds of things. Those are really great ways to talk about how you can work with people in your state to advance this broader interest. And of course, all these regional business efforts uh, let you tell your story. Talk about your examples. Go back to that annual report. What are some of the companies you created? How are they doing? What kind of revenues 
how they how have they developed? Uh, what kind of jobs have they created? You know, what are some of the great inventions that they've created? How does that money come back to feed the research enterprise at your own institution? So all those things are really important. Working with any kind of allied group that has the same viewpoint on some of these issues, I would encourage, again, connecting with your federal relations people, but having working together to try to advance your cause using allies to help make the case. Mike, can you recommend some strategies that tech transfer offices can employ to effectively showcase the national impact of their research and tech transfer activities when engaging with federal agencies? You bet. Yeah, I think there's a lot of ways. I think a lot of tech transfer offices do some of these things already. If they don't, they should be. I mean, clearly when new companies are created, there ought to be press releases made about that, letting people know about that. Um, you know, uh, I mentioned uh, in my the last uh, podcast that my own university does an annual fall event, a showcase showing off all the startup companies they've created in that year. Great way to get local leaders, federal leaders in 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 your on your campus to to meet these people and see what's actually happening there. Um, you know, engage them when you want to try to engage people when they're in their state. So for federal federal uh, lawmakers, you know, there are certain times of year where they're going to be in Washington, but they also have these little weeks here and there where they're going to be back in the district or in their state. So maybe you can time those events to do it when they're not in session. Your federal relations people will have the calendar for the year. They'll know what weeks they're going to be in session and what weeks they're going to be home. And so try to have your event when they're not in Washington, when they're back in the state, and then try to invite them to come and see what you're doing and learn more about it. When you get them on your campus, you have their full attention. When you meet with them in Washington, you're one of 10 or 15 meetings they're having in a day. When they come to your campus for an hour or two, you've got their full time and attention. And that's when you can really make an impression on people. You want to plant little seeds in their mind, uh, little visual things that they will take back and a couple weeks later, they'll be in a hearing and they'll say, well, you know, I was just at the University of blah, 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 and I saw blah, 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 and we need to do more of that. You want to you want to create those little memory moments in their mind, and that's what you can do through these sorts of events. Getting them on your campus is great. Make sure you're coordinating that invitation with your federal relations people. Get them to the campus. There may be other things that they want to show them besides the tech transfer office. But if you can get them, at least for part of the time, to understand what you're doing, you really have well, gone a long way to sort of, again, putting faces, putting real faces of real people involved in this in the minds of people. It's not just some money going out the door. It's actually creating positive benefits for the state and for the nation. Well, Mike, you well know that advocacy comes with challenges. How can tech transfer offices overcome obstacles and adapt their strategies to successfully advocate for tech transfer at the federal government level? Well, I think uh, the first thing I would say is, is stay in the loop on what's going on. Make sure you're aware of the issues that are happening here. You know, be reading about these things, paying attention to Autumn as it updates you on uh, legislative events. There are other sources of information about issues in Washington. So be be ready to jump in and be aware of what's happening so you can be helpful when your school needs to become an advocate. You know, have those facts and those data points ready at your fingertips. Be able to provide that information to your office. That should be a priority. If your federal relations officer says, hey, Fred or Sally, I need this. You need to get back to them in a timely way with the best information you can so that they can then take that information and use it on your behalf in Washington. You know, uh, sharing the information. The federal relations people may not be aware of all the issues that your fa- that, that tech transfer faces in Washington, but you might be able to say, hey, listen, there's another issue you ought to be paying attention to. And then they might mention it to the associations they work with in D.C., AAU, APOU and others. 
and get it on their radar screens as well. So we're all talking to each other. Autumn has a monthly call with those associations and we share ideas and information with each other. But it's always great to hear from the grassroots about these sorts of things. So let your government relations people know when you hear about an issue in Washington and say, hey, what are we gonna do about this? And what can I do to help you be an advocate for us there? Uh, I'll give you an example. I just got a call the other day from a friend of mine who lobbies for uh, one of the Ivy League schools here in Washington. And he'd already heard from his uh, his uh, tech transfer office about the NIST RFI on March end. And he wanted to know what could we what could we help him? How could we help him lobby on this issue and make comments? He says, we're going to make comments. What can you do? What can you how can you help us? That's an example of where he knows that Autumn can be a source of information for him. And we'll be getting a lot more calls like that. And I think federal relations people are going to be looking for more information to try to respond on this issue in particular. So be ready to jump in and be helpful. What can I do as a tech transfer director? What can I provide you in terms of my time, in terms of my information to make your job easier of advocating for us on these really important issues in Washington? Absolutely. And Mike, thank you so much for your expertise and insights on advocacy at the federal level. This has been an absolute pleasure between this podcast and the one last week. So thank you so much again for all your time. Happy to do it, Lisa. Look forward to chatting again in the future. Likewise. That's going to bring us to the end of this episode. Thanks, Mike, for sharing your expertise during this informative discussion on advocacy for tech transfer at the federal level. To our listeners, I hope you found the last two episodes to be valuable resources. To learn more about what is happening on advocacy for tech transfer at the federal level, please join Mike at the Autumn Annual Meeting next month in San Diego on Monday, February 19th from 11 to 12.15 p.m. for a session entitled, What Happens in D.C. Doesn't Stay in D.C. Thanks for listening to Autumn on the Air with Lisa Mueller. Get social with us and share your thoughts. You can tweet us at AUTM or visit us online at AUTM.net. We'll be back next week on the air. Be sure to join us. New to tech transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for tech transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and a line on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.